Hey everybody, welcome to the Voxology Podcast, here with uh, Timothy John Stafford, Michael Carl Leary. Welcome to the show. Thank you for tuning in. We're grateful uh, to be with you today. I want to do a quick uh, set of thank yous, because we have some amazing people. As we've said before, we are a 501c3 nonprofit, and we are a crowdfunded deal. So um, yes. Thank you. Yeah, so we had Chris jump on the tithe.ly team which is a platform that some of our listeners use. confusing website it is very confusing and then we had julia josh amy and kevin jump on the patreon team and we just want to say thank you thank you very much for this and thank you very much for the encouragement and the support and the critique we are um we're very humbled to uh be in a, a situation like this we never kind of had any idea that that this would grow to um, the really uh, world-changing community that it is. And uh, I'll have yeah. you know that uh, Voxology Podcast was voted uh, well. to have the most intelligent listeners by uh, Mike, Erie, and Tim Stafford. I think we're the two that were <laughs> voting. So, But it was a unanimous vote, though. It was a unanimous vote, yes. There was no, no split decision. Nope. But speaking of split decisions, um, <laughs> we literally, so we had, we were going to record today an episode um, on like reimagining evangelism because we've been talking yeah. about, you know, the old <clears throat> formats and structures. And um, within the last 45 minutes, maybe, yeah. um, the Supreme Court officially overturned Roe v. Wade. And, um, you know, I, I think what everyone's waiting for are the opinions of two middle-aged white guys. Yeah. So, <laughs> but I, I have a question for you, Timothy, and I, and I really mean this. Like, yeah. like, this is like not a talking point, but I'm legitimately wrestling with this because I follow, my social media feed is a varied... Um, you know, confab of all sorts of views and opinions and uh, incredibly liberal to incredibly conservative to right. everything in between. And I learn a lot living in the space that all of those viewpoints sort of create. And as you would imagine, uh, so we're recording this on Friday. So by Monday, I'm sure there'll be more thoughtful Right. Um, this is very. This is very in the moment reactionary. Oh yeah, we haven't even talked. This is yeah. us just hitting <laughs> yeah. record and saying, you know, the world needs our opinions on this uh, right now. Uh, no, they really don't. Um, but but I do have a genuine question because on on the one hand, my feed half my feed obviously is full of praise God. Um, you know, the righteousness and justice uh, have taken hold. Um, millions, hundreds of thousands of unborn babies, you know, can live today. And then the other half of my timeline is, um, you know, the rights of women are curtailed. Um, this is how far you will have to drive for an abortion, uh, in certain states. Um, uh, what does this mean for the future of other, you know, Supreme Court decisions that were thought to be settled, like, contraception or uh, same-sex marriage uh, and 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 there is this just incredible 
again, not at all surprising, split. Like, po- I mean, beyond polarized. I don't even have a word strong enough for... Yeah. And they're all juxtaposed in my feed. Um, Just whiplash. It is total whiplash. And, and I'm sitting and I'm observing how I'm feeling reading all of this. Yeah. And I'm wondering, sincerely, like if I'm not a good Christian because I'm conflicted. Yeah. Um, I'm conflicted by this, like deeply conflicted by this. And I know we talked about it when the, the, the thing leaked yeah. months ago. And I don't want to rehash all of the points we were making there, but I, I was I was profoundly like, am I not? Am I morally bankrupt? Because I don't. No, seriously, I'm, I'm yeah, seriously wondering because there is such moral clarity from people I respect right. saying, no, 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 this is this is a wonderful thing. Like this is this is a victorious thing, and I don't. And, and I and and as we've talked about, we've talked about abortion a ton over the last 350 episodes. Um. And so I, uh, I, uh, I don't know. I, um, I don't have that just overwhelming sense of victory. I'm really confused and not sure what to think and. And then there's this other voice that's like, well, yeah, but this is a good day. God rejoices um, when the lives of the unborn are protected. And so, I don't know. Um, I, uh, I just wanted to spend a, a moment. Literally, we've not rehearsed or we don't, we don't <laughs> rehearse ever. But, you know, like I, I, I'm just like, ah, I'm really conflicted. And I, and I don't yeah. know. And because we've said, at least I don't know about you, bro. For me, I am. A, a, I, I do think abortion is is evil. I, I do think not in every circumstance. I think in some circumstances, it is by far the lesser of evils. Um, and um, and so I I want to be someone, or I, and I think the Bible presents kind of a pro life ethic. Um, that is very inconsistently applied by my tribe, but I, I'm a, I'm a womb to tomb kind of pro-lifer. Yeah. And so if you were to say in the abstract, Hey, less abortions is better than more abortions. I would say, absolutely. Yeah. But how we get to less abortions is the issue for me. Yeah. So, so what do you think? Am I, am I? No, I think it's very confusing. This has been the number one talking point for decades that this is the most important piece of our like religious understanding. So when I when you say like you're conflicted about being Christian, my first thought was like what's your definition of Christian? Cuz that is cuz that's not just with this topic, that's with like every topic. It's like which lineage of ideas and focal points. I just like Less abortions. Yes. I think even most pro-choice people would advocate that they don't, it's not about killing babies willy nilly. Like that's the goal. And so when you look at the stats, which we've talked about so much, this was achieving that goal. Mm. And so it's then like, if you do, you know, 30 seconds of research and it to see what is the most effective thing and then vote against that thing, what are you voting for? Mm. I don't know. But my, you know, my feed's very similar, um, but I have so many family members and friends that are just texting this morning going like, you know, what the hell? Like, 
what is the church, what, what are Christians want? Like, what are they trying to achieve and do? And I texted you guys, I was like, imagine if the church put this much, this, I, the resounding thing is how effective the church can be when it wants to achieve something at this magnitude. Decades of work focused on one topic and mm-hmm. then achieve that topic. It's like, man, we can be an effective force when we are all united behind an idea Imagine the things that we could have done that are, we know are directly, can directly affect and help people. Right. And instead, we're focused on these really weird things. And then my feet is full of this, but before that it was, and this is the slippery slope thing where people are like, what's next? And then conservatives are kind of like, there is no next. This is what we're fighting for. Like, stop, you know, trying to make crazy ideas and theories out of things that were coming for this next or coming for that next. But then Juneteenth weekend, something that should be easy to celebrate, very simple topic to celebrate. We have white live matter things going on everywhere and people Mm. pushing the uh, grand replacement theory. Mm. And I do think equality issues will be targeted next. And I don't think it's far fetched. You know, you see books that deal with any, um, facets of our history of racial inequality being targeted crt is a boogeyman um lgbtq issues in same-sex marriage mm. i know is is there are going to be emboldened people are going to be emboldened to attack those next mm. or well thomas at, thomas wrote we should reconsider he listed three decisions the court should reconsider in light of today's ruling yeah and so same-sex marriage obviously was one of those. Conception yep. was the other one, and I don't I don't remember what the third is. But. I think a lot of people have a lot of reason to be afraid, and and so all that to say, my reaction to seeing everything online is that people are afraid of Christians, <laughs> and and oh. I think a lot of but I think a lot of it's legit. Like they see a large organization that's coming to take things from you to impose their belief systems on you, to tell you how to live and how to operate, uh, while at the same time um, preaching guns from the pulpit and doing crazy, crazy things that are so anti-life. So it's a really weird time period, really weird message. I also, like, I I intentionally, before this news leaked, I wanted to talk about um, news leaked before this statement came out. Uh, we like we have friends who work really closely with World Relief, and so they keep us updated on a bunch of families from Afghanistan. I was like, we're not talking about Afghanistan anymore, mm-hmm. but those families are all fleeing for their lives, still trying to find somewhere to be, somewhere to be safe. Yeah, exactly. So our news cycle works so fast that we start to fr- we stop talking, and these families are like still fighting just to live. Mm. And there are tangible ways to be involved in like serving those people's lives and helping them and like making sure they have homes. Like some of them are getting into Pakistan and different places like that, making sure they, they arrive with nothing. And it's like, Hey, congratulations. You made it out. Good luck. Mm-hmm. And it'll be a full family of people. And so we've been talking about that a lot because we're trying to help a few families in particular. And, but there's so many, and I know world relief. I, f- I feel like world relief is a, f- a fairly safe organization to support. Um, and to help come alongside of as they're doing things. But as I think about fighting for life, I think about those kind of things too. Very mm-hmm. tangible, straightforward, black and white. This is people in need. Let's help those people. 
So I feel like this time period more than ever, and that's a stupid thing to say, I feel like this time period is such an important time to practice and really try to understand what loving your neighbor means. Mm. Even if it's the people that like really disagree with your politics or your ideas, we're in a time period where people need to see the love of the church and the love of Jesus, not the opposite, mm. especially gloating when they're feeling afraid and angry. Hmm. Hmm. That's the top of my head. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. I mean, I, I've got, I've got folks saying, Hey, now the real work begins. Of what does that know, mean? Care. <laughs> well, and, and it's just like, <clears throat> But what a crappy way to approach that. Like, yes. let's wait for the political process before we do the work of the church. Yeah. You know, the, if, if, and, and I'm saying there are tons, and I'm familiar with some incredible work being done right. in nonprofit organizations or, or organizations that would never, never reach the new cycle to care for women in truly treacherous circumstances. Yeah. Um, and so I don't want to, man, I don't want to denigrate the great work that's being done. But on the public, uh, on the public face of this to be saying now the real work starts. I just think that what a crummy reaction. <laughs> what, yeah. a, what, a, what a set of misplaced priorities that, that instead of um, doing such good work that the political decisions are the inevitable result of the good work being done. It's yeah. no, 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 let's force a political decision and then get to the real work of the church. And I just, bro, my, I think as I'm listening to you, what's, what's going on in my head is I think this represents a colossal failure of Christian imagination about what the role of the church 100%. is in the world. Yeah. And, and tell me where I'm wrong, guys. I mean, seriously, I don't, I'm really conflicted. I'm really conflicted. Should I, um, what, how should I be feeling? I don't, I, I rejoice when justice is done. And, and, and on the one hand, I want to say, well, like, is this the imposition of a Christian worldview on a bunch of people who haven't signed up for a Christian worldview? Yeah. And, but then, then I have in my brain the counter of slavery where, where I think, there were Christians at the forefront of saying, no, no, this is actually wrong and should be abolished entirely. Um, is, has my conscience been so seared by the suboptimal that I'm not applying the same reasoning to abortion, that abortion is wrong and it's murder and it should be prohibited with, with only the gravest of exceptions? But that's not how I'm feeling. What I'm feeling instead right. is um, that it, 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 totally what you said, like like people are afraid for Christians to have power. Yeah. And 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 that's why I think Jesus eschewed all power. <laughs> what, I mean, I think we talked about that a little bit before, but yeah, like what if you? I don't want to read into things, but the fact that that was the route that he took to me logically when you look at a, a grand scheme of how to serve that made a lot of sense right and so i see us trying to take the complete opposite way Approach. about things and it's like 
when you're trying to learn, you're trying to, you take on the name Christian to be Christ-like. And you're trying to emulate, you know, the way he lived and the way he did things. And we just tend to do everything opposite. But like everything is so, we have said this so many times. And I think we talked about having an episode just on the idea of nuance. And I think that we probably should. But you keep, we approach everything in such a straightforward, binary, black and white way, even without facts involved. And everything, if you want to, it's just, it's the exact same thing as community. Like, you can't just tell somebody, you can't just give somebody advice and then hope that everything changes or just give them a word of uh, encouragement. And Like, you have to be involved in people's lives because there is mm-hmm. so many moving pieces to what feeds into somebody being in the position that they're in. You got to walk with them as long as it takes. That's the nuance. There's right. going to be like weird left turns and ups and downs, and that's just part of the thing. Everything in our world, unfortunately, is really like discombobulated and weird and always shifting and changing. We have to be willing to be patient and come alongside all of that and be get our hands really dirty and be involved in things to try to to really love people and to push forward these ideas of the kingdom. And I don't think you can do that with these like. I don't think you can do that with government control. Hmm. I think that's a terrible way to go about it. Mm. But also, I don't think you can do it with just like, all right, we did it. We achieved, we like passed this rule that's going to like right. stop all these evil people from doing these evil things. Congratulations. Let's go to Chick-fil-A. Like, <laughs> <laughs> wow. Taking well, shots today, everywhere. Everybody's been online going nuts about Buzz Lightyear this oh. last week like oh. just going bananas yeah. and the amount of people who have opinions and thoughts there's a, the there's a have same sex kiss it. on that there's a same sex kiss right. and a lot of people were going nuts about like um, Disney forcing children to watch relational like just relationships and sexual issues and it's like every Disney movie has been a relational like Snow White's the first one it's all princesses and princes and the kiss and the love and and I, but the amount of people online and they're all circulating the same old trope about brownies and the dad that puts a little bit of poop in the brownies. And it was like this moral lesson about like, you know, wow. if I put a little bit of poop in this treat that you like and you know that little bit of poop is in there, would you still eat the brownie or whatever? And the kid's are like, oh my gosh, dad, I learned so much from your brownie metaphor. Now I know I can't go enjoy something that has a little bit of bad in it. And that's been circulating a ton. And I, people are texting me that too. Like, have you seen this? What do you think about this? Like, is this what Christians think? And I'm like, well, yeah. <laughs> but the, the amount of people that haven't seen the movie that are responding to it with just vigor and, and anger. And it's like, have you watched it yet? No, I refuse to. Well, do you know what you're talking about? Well, no. <laughs> yes. yes, all of that is... Yeah, it is. It is interesting, um, man. I, I want to, I want to explore this a little bit because I think you're you're cooking something. I want to pour some gravy on. Okay, <laughs> give me some flavor. <laughs> no, I know. I just want to enhance. I want to enhance the flavor because because uh, I mean parenting is such an exercise in how one sees power. Um, because you start out with kind of brute power, like you carry them, you yeah. physically change them, you physically feed them, like they are entirely dependent 
uh, on your power in the world for them to have any of their needs met, right? They can accomplish nothing except crying. Um, <laughs> and yeah, that's really effective. Um, <laughs> and so, so there's this brute sort of power that we begin um, another human being using, right? Mm-hmm. And then that sort of shifts into, and I'm going to use a strong word, but I don't know that this is the best word, but it's sort of manipulative power. Like, hey, if you do this, then I will give you this thing that you really want. Or if you don't yeah. do this, I will take away this thing that you really want. Right? And so, so we're kind of, we're kind of um, uh, using sort of Machiavellian uh, techniques totally. <laughs> to control them. And then as they grow, you know, beyond that, then you have the power of um, expertise to offer. They don't know how to get things done in the world. So it's like, hey, dad, uh, could you help me, you know, change this flat tire? Or could you help me navigate this bank statement? Or could you? So because you've lived a life, you have expertise or teaching to offer them to help them accomplish things so you have sort of brute power the power to sort of manipulate and then you have the power of expertise but those aren't the best powers as the as the little imago day bearer grows right the best powers come and you begin to see this when they begin to start making moral very significant moral decisions the best power the best powers are power of example which you realize, holy crap, they were watching the whole time. Right. And if, totally. you, if, if you raise them in a family that is, that is harsh and critical, that, that, that like, gets picked up by them. Yes. You know, if, you get a, if you raise them in a family that's blessing and praising, that gets picked up. And you realize, oh, good Lord, they, my lessons weren't as powerful as the person they grew up with. Totally. And, and, and then if you get through all of that, there is then the power of wisdom and service where you put yourself alongside them as a guide and as a help and as a support, but you're not brute, using brute power. You're not using expertise because these aren't issues that you know, require expertise in that way when they're really making huge moral decisions. Yeah. Right. You're offering the power of wisdom and service. I'm going to be with you no matter what. I'm here to serve and bless you no matter what. And and that range of of influence over another, from brute power to manipulation, to expertise, to wisdom, to example. That those seem like options. Those same options exist for the church and how it relates. To people with whom the church disagrees. Yeah. And there have been times when we have used brute power, uh, the Crusades being one of them. Yeah. Um, there are times when we've used Machiavellian power, uh, the power of scheming and cunning and dealing and wheeling and, you know, bribing and whatever else. Yeah. Uh, there have been times we've used the power of expertise, the Middle Ages, right? We could read, we could write. Um, there, there were knowledge banks. The Catholic Church had developed such great moral philosophy 
um, and ethical reasoning. Um, less common are the power to serve, um, to come under the world, to offer blessing to it in its brokenness, or the power of wisdom, which is the non-coercive, non-threatening, uh, co-journeying with right. people with whom we disagree. It seems like we reach for um, the first two powers with, by appealing to the third. So um, brute force, but that's not allowed. So, so political force. And we're willing to manipulate political systems and people for our agenda. Yeah. Um, and, w and the reason is because we have a book that gives us sort of exclusive access to the thoughts of God. Yeah. Um, and what's fascinating, of course, is that Jesus... He used all five forms of power, uh, but it's interesting who he used the power with. And literally, I'm making this up. I'm just I'm literally <laughs> just talking out loud. Yeah. Um, but it seems like he used brute force with the demons, um, yeah. right? And he cast them into a herd of pigs. He there was a violent, a violent outbreak of of spiritual power, right? The kingdom of light, the kingdom of darkness. Whenever Jesus sort of showed up. And, um, and so there was brute power. He didn't give them options except, hey, do you want to go in these pigs? You know? Right. <laughs> <laughs> but even then, um, uh, he used, I think, cunning um, and shrewdness in his debates with the religious leaders. Hmm. Um, I think that he didn't manipulate in the worst sense of the word, but he certainly reasoned and outthought them. Mm -hmm. um, he used the power of expertise. I mean, no one knows the Father but through me. Yeah. <laughs> but the biggest way he affected the world was through the, the power of, of service and the power of wisdom. And um, when, the, when the, the tempter came to him in the desert and offered him shortcuts to all the messianic glory without having to serve and be wise... Um, he refused that just on principle. Yeah. And it, it's sad when the, the, the greatest victory the church can imagine is a political win that divides our country. When in actuality, the greatest win a, the church should imagine is a church that's faithful to Jesus in a way that, um, that draws others into it. Right, and I just see that as too totally like a centrifugal force and a centripetal force. Right, if those are the options, um, I don't know <laughs> if I got those right. But the idea is there's one like the object of the New Testament's commands are the church; it's not the world. And right. so I'm and I'm what all are those. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I'm all for voting uh, according to conscience. Absolutely. Um, uh, and yet, if that is if that is the primary way that we that we envision influencing the world, right? I think we are we are held captive by the powers and the principalities. Totally, it's it's yeah. So that's where I'm like, okay, but it's the classic. Hey, it, does the end do the ends justify the means? And the answer is no. If you're a Christian, the ends are the means. Yes. 
And we have such weird rhetoric, too, because we have the rhetoric of, like, the battle is already won, blah, blah, blah. Like, we use, a, I mean, as, A, as we've talked about how much we are just completely embroiled in, infatuated with war language. But the predominant idea there is that the battle is already won. And so in that idea, it would be, what are we doing? We're caring for the people that are involved in whatever this battle is. Right. Because we're not concerned about... The outcome we champion the outcome that has already happened so we are should be out there loving and serving as much as possible if that was the rhetoric that you subscribe to completely like this battle rhetoric right then then we're what are why are we fighting why What's are we the, engaging so much in in battle it's the still? seven mountain mandate right that we talked it about is i've you already know? started making my stickers for the first church of golgotha i have it right here on my illustrator <laughs> That's a reference to an episode long ago where we got into and yeah. really got some great pushback yes. on the idea that the church's job isn't to influence the world. The yeah, church's, thought, the church's so job compelling. is to be transformed. The yes. church isn't to be the agent of transformation. Yeah. And, 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 there was, and, and again, I mean, this is hugely controversial. And so please push back, dear listener. Um, uh, and then... Uh, and I'm so sorry. I, I just had to. There was a there was a um, Gospel Coalition article that. Um, let me try to find it real quick. Uh, that that came out and said, you know, who is remember who was responsible? Remember who? Excuse me. Overturned Roe. And um, and it was the it was the Lord. The Lord. Oh. Let's not miss the truth that ultimately the story of Roe versus Wade being overturned is a story about God. I was curious where this was going to go. And um, God has heard our prayers and used our efforts, and he has done a great work. That's the main point of the Roe v. Wade story. And, and again, I, I've literally confronted with, huh? Yeah. Like, am I a bad Christian for... Not really buying that. Um, I'm not, I don't know that that's exactly what God's up to in the world. I don't think that that's what God's up to in the world. I think that God opposes, um, I think he opposes strongly the taking of another life. I mean, obviously, it's like, it's, it's baked into the whole story. We're not to touch other images of God, period. But I also know he's really upset with wealth inequality and racial inequality and the circumstances that might drive someone to consider such a thing. Yeah, or just those things also just rob life. Yes, uh, it, providing for immigrants that seems to be really in there in the you know the pro life stuff and and uh, so so yes and we've talked all about this and and i know we had a comment when we were just lamenting i don't remember what it was i think it was gun violence and and the person said well you just didn't have a point you were just talking right and um and yeah that's exactly right not all of our talking has to have a point this is just two guys who have daughters who care deeply about the church in America and who care about America, wondering if this is really the victory everyone's saying that it is. Um, I, am, I am delighted that there will be 
um, uh, greater concern around what what exactly is uh, an an infant uh, uh, in the womb, and and how at what point is that does that constitute an image of God bearer? Right. Um, hallelujah! I, I'm all for that. See, I think the the opposite it'll have the opposite effect. Well, I that that yes. Yes, I mean just just in that con- just in that conversation. Say, I don't know, say more. Be, well, just like I, what we tend to do is when we have a victory or when we uh, get something into place where we can where we can control the actions of others, we tend to put a period on the sentence. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Oh, that's so anymore. good, Tim. And that's what's unfortunate. So here's my I I do think we have a point. <laughs> I think we had a point with the gun violence too. I think the point is. I, if I could, and this, and I mean this stripped of ego, but it's going to sound super egotistical. Tim, everyone knows <laughs> that you are completely narcissistic. So, yes. If I could, like, I was um, reading about like how seminaries are kind of flailing, like they're just numbers are way down, and as the younger generations want the older generations out of power in churches, but then a lot of the younger generation is not going to be trained to go into churches, but they don't like the way churches run. So, you know, that this enterprise is, is kind of flailing about right now. Mm -hmm. And if I could, if, if we could all come onto a same page of like, regardless of your, you're a super progressive church, super conservative church, anywhere in the middle and just focus on, this is a season of like just trying as hard as we can to get everybody to just teach discernment to everybody. Mm. Don't take anything at face value, like lean into wisdom, learn what that means, wrestle with things, read, learn, grow, uh, uh, apply the information. I was reading about like the gun. So with the gun thing, this is what made me think of this. Um, Chicago is always the, yeah. the, place that gets thrown around for gun violence like well look at they've got strict gun laws but blah 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 and so when you get into the nuance of that situation and i'm speaking off the top of my head so i if i miss say facts you can send me an angry email but the uh my understanding from what i read and this was a while ago is that um, where are the guns in chicago coming from well they're coming from indiana and mississippi they're coming from states that have lax gun laws and they're just being brought over the state lines. And so, because the, the argument was against, like, it can't just be, just making everything a state issue doesn't always work because people will go over the lines to the other states to get what they need to come back and inflict the violence or the whatever. And so it's, and then, but then just on face value, all you see is that the people who are advocating for less guns have the most gun violence. And it's like, well, if you read for 30 seconds, mm. you will find that that's not the case. <clears throat> And so when you're trying to think about how do we positively affect this epidemic that is killing so many people, mm. that's become like the number one way that kids under like 18 or 19 are dying now in this country. And we have had hundreds of mass shootings in this year. And when we think about how do we positively affect that outcome, or if you want abortions to go down, we want less right. babies killed, what actually achieves that goal? And if we really, really, really care, then why would we not do everything in our power, which we have shown we have, to affect that change? This is what causes that change, let's do that. But instead, it's just let's make a blanket thing that just restricts people 
regardless of the outcome. Mm -hmm. And I'm just so done with that idea. But if we can Mm -hmm. teach people discernment, like if all, like if the Christian club could come together in a summit and say, this is what we're doing. And man, if there's never been a more like appropriate statement from a, like just the absolute power corrupts, absolutely whatever. All we're seeing is when big churches get super big, that power, like it corrupts. Mm. And so as we seek more power, how in the world do we not see the corruption that that brings? Mm. Cause it, that's, that's the outcome every time. And not just Christians, anyone gets too much power. It, it becomes corrupted. I just, it seems so abundantly apparent, but we just don't, I just don't get it. Yeah. But discernment, what a wild idea. Yeah. <laughs> to be able yeah. to use wisdom and information to make the best decision. Yep. Yes. So when I think about the churches and the flailing um, seminaries and what do we do next, I'm so curious with the generation, even the generation behind me, what church is going to be. Yes. I'm so fascinated by what that's going to look like. And are yeah. we, are we going to become two religions? Like, is it going to be one faction of people holding tight? I mean, you saw this last week you had, you know, we mentioned her before Bobert at a church from the pulpit talking about how if Jesus had an AR 15, he wouldn't have been crucified. Mm. And you can pick apart how many pieces of that message are off base, whether it's just factual political or whether it's just what, why Jesus was here and why he died. All of that from a church pulpit. Right. Is wild. Yep. Yeah. So what's the late in Colorado guns, guns, God and babies. That's her tour bus <laughs> slogan that she's traveling around. <laughs> know your audience. Oh, so true. So anyway, friends, tell us where we're wrong. <laughs> this was. I want to. I want to title this episode "Whoa versus Wade." W H O A. Or uh, "Whoa," W O E versus Wade. Anyway. Listen, we are so grateful for the privilege of learning alongside and with you and love, would love your thoughts um, on this stuff. So feel free to drop us a line. We're grateful for you. Thank you so much for tuning in today.